dig it! In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Oh, well, he has trouble with the spin, and the ball is free! It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores! On the last play of the game, unbelievable! It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts, and they brought some guts. Now in. And a happy Monday to you, wherever you may be on this Martin Luther King holiday. And you know where we're at. We're at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. It is a holiday. It is a special Monday matinee. That kind of rhymes. I like that. It is the NFL playoffs because the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers game postponed from Saturday to Monday afternoon because of weather in Buffalo and so we are live here at the Westgate Las Vegas basically watching the games having a great time while doing the show so normally our Friday home here at the Superbook we are here today as we tell you you know for important games important days and we were last year you know going back to the national championship game going back a week ago last Monday and here we are back again for the uh, NFL playoffs, and of course, the T.C. Martin Show broadcasting live. Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner here on Mondays and Fridays, the bookend, as I like to call him. He is here. Jay Cornegay will join us a little bit later on in the show. The vice president of the Superbook will get his thoughts on what happened on Saturday and Sunday in the NFL and a look ahead to the early lines that have uh, just been posted as of last night here at the Superbook as we get ready for the divisional round. And plus, we go live to Tampa Bay this hour as the Buccaneers and the Eagles will cap off the opening round here, the Super Wild Card Weekend. So T.J. Reeves will join us, the Buccaneers sideline reporter and regular guest contributor to the show. So we'll go live to Tampa Bay, and I can guarantee that the weather is a lot better in Tampa Bay than it is in Buffalo right now. But uh, glad to be here at the Westgate our our football home, our basketball home, uh, always uh, for the big game. So we are here with you today. Marco D'Angelo in the house. What is going on, my friend? Uh, just glad to be here. And uh, I can't wait till when we talk to Jay later. Did you happen to notice when he was walking through the sports book today, he had a little extra pep in his step. <laughs> uh, and I think that might have something to do with the result of the Dallas Green Bay game because everybody that I've talked to, T.C., that was one of the best outcomes uh, for the books, one single game. Because there was money line parlays, there were teasers, any which way you could do the Cowboys. And all I got to say, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> you act like you had the Packers or something. In I game. didn't have that game, but I, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I had fun watching it. But you knew that I had the Cowboys on, on, a, on a teaser. Uh, see, well, it, see I, you're rubbing it in there. No, and, and, and that was not my intention. Okay. I, that was not. Right. And 14-0, nothing. We're going to be Buffalo after the extra point. Go, go, Buffalo. Oh, no. So be prepared because we will basically be doing a little bit of live play-by-play here. Uh, I know you can't help, help yourself, Marco, you know, with that as we're watching the game here on the uh, huge screens, the 4K video wall here with the uh, Bills and the Steelers. But uh, as predicted – that uh, Buffalo would be ready to roll in this game. It's postseason football, and the Steelers without T.J. Watt, one in ten. We talked about that on the show here on Friday, but uh, yes, uh, 
I thought, you know, Jay Cornegay's pep in his step had something to do with his uh, jogging suit. Uh, if you looked at that suit that he had on the day, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he looked straight out of uh, the Sopranos. You know, when a lot of the guys would be, yeah. you know, hanging out and... In front of the store. He didn't have a gold chain. He didn't have a gold chain. He needed a gold chain. But, you know, it looked like he was showing some chest hair, too. So (laughs) I'm going to mention that to him. But, yeah, I've never seen Jay Cordigay come to work in a sweatsuit before. I mean, he's, like, kind of, you know, taking over my role here. But, uh, you know, but, you know. Like you, I mean, you guys need some help with the dress attire. Uh, you guys, you guys need some help. You know, if you're going to wear the sweatsuits, you, you got to know how to do it. If you're going to, I'm not saying you need to be bougie and you need to, to have the swoosh like myself, but you just, you got to do a little bit better job. That's all I'm saying. And, I, and I'll tell him that when he comes. Uh, well, maybe, yeah. maybe I won't. I, I, I think he does, he does have that power of the pen still, so I better be careful. Oh, yeah, this is, this is true. Yeah. You got to be careful there on that. But, okay. Uh, well, let, let me say this. Okay. So I'm here with Marco D'Angelo today. Now, everyone knows that Marco is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, okay? He's a fan. Still kind of irritates me. He's not full-fledged media, even though I treat him like he's media. And, you know, <laughs> he does want to ask for, you know, press credentials to be part of the media. But, no, he's, he's really a handicapper. That's his business. But he's a fan, too. And it's – I have problems, you know, with people definitely who are media that are fans – and I'm having problems with handicappers that are fans because remember the old adage, who's your favorite team? The last team that covered for me. That should be your motto. But you are too much of a fan. No, 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 no. Oh, my tickets have Buffalo. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting okay. there. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Okay. Okay. Now, here we go. Marco and I have so much in common, and he's – talked about this on the show just the quirkiness that we have with with the way we do things and wager handicapping styles food selections all of that kind of stuff a lot of quirky weirdness i gotta say i mean we're, we're not from the same cloth but we kind of are except there's one major difference you just said 10 seconds ago you have who today I have Buffalo. He has Buffalo. It was one of my best bets. It's one of his best bets, as he delivered on the show on Friday. What do you think Marco D'Angelo is wearing? A Pittsburgh Steelers sweatshirt today. What are you doing? This is the difference between you and I, the major difference. We both love wearing the teams teams that we're rooting for, betting on specifically. I have an array of college sweatshirts, T-shirts, all of that stuff, and you do too. You probably have more pro stuff because I'm not into the whole, you know, the pro pro thing. You know, my thing with colleges, I've been on that university campus. I want to get a sweatshirt, and I wear them when I bet on them or I have action or in celebration mode after they've cashed a ticket for me. You have the Buffalo Bills. You have a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt. I've seen it. You've worn it. We posted it on the website. You've made fun of it. I've I mean, made fun of it. I've made fun of any of your giants. Okay, that was a little more rattier. Okay, what are you doing? You have the bills. It's your best bet. Why in the world would you be wearing the shirt that you bet against? In my heart, the Steelers are still my team, and even though I've got money on Buffalo, you know I I want to represent, and you know. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to flash you right now, okay? I'm okay. going to flash no, you. No, 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 don't do it. He's, uh, he's lifting up his shirt. And, uh, 
That is not chest hair. He's got an eagle shirt underneath. Yeah. I'm now, if you had buffalo, the... that no, would be no. something. That... You're like Double B. Double B when, when, the, <laughs> when the Golden Knights are playing the Winnipeg Jets. That's what he does. Yeah. Okay, so you're ready for the nightcap. I'm ready for the nightcap. Unbelievable. You still haven't answered my question. If somehow Pittsburgh would win, then I would be happy as a fan, and I would just tear wait, my wait, ticket wait, no, no. Why would you be happy as a fan if you you bet money? And I know your tickets are not the garden variety, you know, uh, pizza tickets, <laughs> all right? Exactly. You, you would not be happy. I know you had the Detroit Lions last night. You were not happy, right? No, and I had a Lions sweat, you know, hoodie on last You had a Lions day. hoodie on, exactly. Yeah, why did. didn't you have a Rams hoodie on? So that way, you know, just because it's the fan in you. You can't get rid of the fan. I was a fan of the Lions for a couple reasons. Uh, one, first and foremost, yes, I bet them yesterday, and I, I had a rather large bet on the Lions yesterday. All right, full disclosure. Uh, my business partner uh, is from Detroit. He's a longtime uh, Lions fan, and he has suffered through a lot, and I've given him a lot of grief over the years at the uh, mediocre Lions. What was it, like 32 years since they won a playoff game? And you know, and he actually told me, <laughs> somebody had posted on Twitter. This is actually pretty funny. He said, this is the first time that any Detroit Lion fan could text a buddy Congratulating right. that they that they won a because we didn't have texting. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, yeah, <laughs> no tech, yeah. So okay. you think about that. But here's the thing, you know, get and back I, to Pittsburgh and Buffalo. No, I want to say one last thing about Detroit, and I said it last week when we talked about it on the show. I really was rooting for Jared Goff. I wanted to see Jared Goff mm-hmm. do well in in that game, you know, because everybody talked Matthew Stafford coming back and everything. Um, give Dan Campbell credit. You know, I don't know what happened in the second half that they couldn't score, but they came out throwing haymakers yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, we're, okay. we're not off of your wardrobe and your attire. Still, I mean, this. I knew you had Buffalo, and I kind of expected you to wear the Buffalo garb because this is what you do. This is what I do. Okay? I get that. But when you win against the Steelers just because you're a so-called fan, I mean, no one is – is going to, uh, you know, give you a knock, you know, your friends, family, public, whatever, <laughs> you know. You're wearing a Steeler jersey when you know they're going to get drill pressed today. Aren't you embarrassed? And people are going to be walking by. They already are at the Westgate. Yeah. They're going, oh, there, there you go, loser. Nah. What a loser. And then what do you say? Yeah. And, and Mark goes, I got Buffalo. <laughs> you should have seen it. So when Buffalo scored the first touchdown today, this crowd erupted, and Marco's going, Yeah. <laughs> And then the people are looking at you. You got the Steelers shirt on. You're a Steeler fan. I've done this how many times this year? Uh, on Sundays, I you know I went against the Steelers a bunch this year, and I still went to my local. It doesn't make sense if you. But you may not. Ha- Here's the thing: you may not have a shirt of the opponent because you don't have thirty-two. No. You no. don't. I know you have a Buffalo shirt. Yeah. And I know if Buffalo is playing anybody else, you would have the Buffalo shirt on. I would. You've got to. Pretty decent wager on Buffalo. I can, I'm sure of that. And you're wearing the Steelers, who you bet against, and they have no shot, and you're getting ridiculed for okay. it. You've heard of hedge betting. You know, hedge. This is an emotional <laughs> hedge. Okay, I am going to be happy no matter what happens today. I am going to be cashing tickets with Buffalo, or if Steelers pull an upset, 
I will, you know, be celebrating as the fan in okay, me. Let me. Why couldn't you just wear the Buffalo shirt today? This is what I why not just wear that. The steel thing can stay in the closet. Why do you got to wear it? This will be the last time I get to wear this yeah. football season, okay? Let me enjoy the moment. You can wear it uh, like in the middle of February when yeah. everything's all said and done. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. You know I'm right. Yeah. I really thought you were going to make fun as I went with the old school, the, you know. No, the, no. That I look like Big Bird, you know, no, with, no, with, no, with no, a headphone, no, no. set of headphones. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. It's a classic picture, no doubt. But I'm just saying, you bet Buffalo. You called Buffalo. It's one of your best bets. You got a Buffalo shirt. You wear the Buffalo shirt because you are not rooting for Pittsburgh. You are rooting for Buffalo. I am sitting here doing a radio show, yeah. <laughs> you which go. you should be more con- – see, I bet Buffalo in – I'm a Steeler fan. My concern is if, like, if this game was close yeah. and Pittsburgh had a chance to win the game – and, you know, then I got to decide between my bet in, in Pittsburgh actually doing, you know, I was more worried for you doing a live show. This is the first time that we've ever done a live show during a Steeler game. During a Steeler game, correct. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, being that, you know, I'm not officially, you know, like a, an employee of the station or of the show yeah. and stuff, you know, I'm a freelancer. You know, if I would accidentally you know, have an FCC violation. You know, that's on you, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, that's if Numchuck better be, you know, back there with the, you know, the the bleep button there. I don't because, think we need to worry about it because Buffalo's up fourteen no, okay. nothing right now, and the, um, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. The closest we ever came was like within an hour. That one, that one year we did live. <laughs> The New Year's Day bowl games yes, here. Yes, you, you talked me into coming down here last year. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was like an, just an hour after mm, yeah that game they covered for 50, yep. fifty nine. That was a bad beat for you. Yeah, fifty nine minutes and thirty some seconds yeah. till the, the pick six at the end. Yeah. How about Pittsburgh's possession so far today? Punt, punt, fumble, punt. Yeah, and you notice the field position keeps going back further. Yeah. Oh, big big completion for the Steelers to the forty. You know, and and they fumbled, and Buffalo has it. There you go. <laughs> you turned your head. You didn't see that yeah. part. You're getting all excited there. No, I'm Chuck. Get ready. Beep. No, <laughs> no you got <laughs> Buffalo. So you're yeah, fine. You have Buffalo. You're fine. They're debating this. Okay. Uh, yeah, technically, we're not supposed to be. That is so. You know, that's an NFL regulation. You're not supposed to do play by play. So. Technically, after the play is over, you can kind of comment on it. But so, what if we're streaming and we're we're like fifteen seconds behind? We're okay then. We're right? okay then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Which could be. Yeah. But as we know, audio is always ahead of video. Yeah. So who knows what the deal is? But the, yeah, Buffalo has the fumble. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're all like, oh, I can Mason Rudolph completely. Yeah. yeah, take your Mason Rudolph uh, cupcakes, buddy, yeah. and uh, put those away till next year. If I would have had a Mason Rudolph shirt, which I don't know if there's really any in existence, <laughs> and, and yeah. why would anyone want one? Yeah, I would have wore it, but no. And I and I have a Kenny Pickett in the in oh my, my closet, God. and it's oh staying God. and it's staying there yeah. right now until yeah. maybe next. Put year. that up for your yard sale in the spring. <laughs> Fifty cents. How's that? Wait, I could have I, I could have went old school. I could have wore Big Ben. I could have wore Troy Polamalu. Yeah, or I could have went vintage. Yeah. In what Franco Harris? In, in, instead, you wear what? Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah, <laughs> it's all yellow today. 
And, and again, I'm not going to crack on that. There's no swoosh. There's no that. I don't know where that thing was made at. I don't know where you got this it from N- some flea NFL, market. NFL licensed uh, <laughs> hoodie. I do not see an NFL logo anywhere. Remember that. If it's NFL licensed, they're going to they're gonna have the logo, the NFL, that red, white, blue thing yeah. with the three letters on it. It's going to be somewhere. You see it anywhere? You, you want to search for it? <laughs> Just don't take off your shirt again, even though. So you do. You got an Eagles shirt on underneath. I do. All right. So we know you have the Eagles. That's confirmed. A full disclosure, I have oh, a large play on the Eagles, and I have a smaller play oh, live with a teaser on Tampa, working a, trying to work a middle. This is my professional handicapper that I expose our worldwide audience to. I did When I did my show uh, last week, and I said how I was going to attack the Philadelphia game, I said I'm going to have teasers to Tampa to be sitting Monday night with plus 8.5, plus 9 no, that's Tampa. Smart. That's smart. That's like a hedge bet. Yeah, and then I'm going to – and I said – when I come back on Mon- on su- on Monday, when I actually like Philadelphia, like I do, I'm going to come over the top of that bet, and you know have a larger bet on Philadelphia. And if the game does fall anywhere between three and eight points, I'm going to make a major score with hitting both sides of it. No, that's smart play, actually. Thank you, I appreciate that. All right, still don't care for the sweatshirt selection today, or the color, or the. See, model the, number what, what people yeah. don't understand model is, number yeah is how much <laughs> of a, see, see, i mean it's like how, how much of a diva princess you are with your wardrobe okay diva princess i just like to feel you, good and look good no you you have to have that confirmation of you got the swoosh <laughs> okay. do, do you know the story behind me in the swoosh because there's a story behind it. it's not that you know I, it's not that you're bougie no I, you are. I, I had a contract with Nike back in the day. All right, so I had closet full of of clothing that was given to me courtesy of Nike. Is given the same as comped? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. I had the Nike card. If I wanted to go buy some stuff myself, then they would gift me stuff and this and that. So, um, and part of the deal was I could not wear. A competing brand, so I was coaching back in those days and everything. So I had I had a deal. I could, you had an, an nil back in the day yeah, before right, there right. was. Well, because <laughs> I could I conducted Nike camps for them, basketball camps, and then so all of that stuff. Yeah, so I did that for years and years and years, and I really enjoyed Nike. And yes, I enjoyed the complimentary, you know, and discounts of of clothing and shoes. So I I stuck with Nike and. I like it. It's it's good. It's comfortable. But that's I had a history for that before. I would wear, you know, everything almost like you, except not rummage sale material. But <laughs> so not that I'm bougie. All right. But to the point of the matter is, I bet Buffalo today. What color am I wearing? I got my blue on. I got blue because Buffalo's blue. I don't have a Bills, you know, sweatshirt or anything. Plain blue with with your swoosh. Yes, that's it. Very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for you. All right. Very comfortable. And you're comfortable as well, too. I'm quite comfortable. There's one difference, though. People are walking by our booth here at the Westgate, and they're handing you dollar bills right now because the way you look. (laughs) (laughs) It's not because you're topless. It's not those kind of tips, ladies and gentlemen. (sighs) You love doing the show, don't you? 
Yeah. Why, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> It's holiday too. It helps your we, handicap. Is it time and a half or, or double time today? <laughs> that, that's a good question. Well, let's, let's go ask our uh, our live on the spot reporter back uh, in front of his time clock back in the studio, Numchuck. I don't know. Are you getting paid double time today, Numchuck, or no. time and a half? How's that work? I'm getting paid normal time. You're getting, you're getting normal. normal day. <laughs> okay. So am I. All right. I didn't know if you wanted to say something, Numchuck. I, I think you wanted to say something earlier. I did. So we were ranting, you guys were ranting. talking about the cupcakes. Yes. What is this I'm looking at? You eating a bag of potato chips? <laughs> oh, there's some story time there. Okay. So we have a, a, a regular. Uh, we call him uh, Maui Jim. Why? Well, I have no idea. Uh, he, he says his name is Maui or I don't know, that's nickname we gave him or gave himself. I don't know. We, I just know him as Maui. And he's always bringing us gifts. So you'll love this story. So about a year ago, he comes and brings me this... Uh, Robe. It was like from the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games, and it, it and it's like, oh, okay, that's pretty nice. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it, but <laughs> it's still in my closet. So he brings us gifts. He's the guy that we've talked about on the show. Maui Jim's a great guy. He goes to Arizona and brings us uh, the lottery tickets, which we've never cashed one, right? No. Yeah. Okay. So today he brings Marco a gift, and in there is. The same Japanese Tokyo U.S. Olympic robe that he gave me last year. Yes, he must have excess. <laughs> and he gives that to Marco. And what he brought me was a bag. And it was a huge bag of Trader Joe Ridge Cup potato chips. So he knows that I'm a foodie. He knows that I'm, I'm talking. So I said, great. We got to take a picture of this. So that's what you you saw. Nump so you, that was a gift from Maui Jim. You are the living. Sa- You've heard the saying before. You're all that and a bag, bag of chips. <laughs> Full disclosure. I know he's rolling around here right now, and the PA's not on. These chips aren't all that. You know. I was going to just ask you to rate them. Uh, these. Chip- I don't think you like the thick okay. cut. They're they're the no, thick I, cut. I'm they're, actually they're- okay because you know like. The thick cut, the lay, the wavy lays. Mm-hmm. I, I'm down for that. Okay. And uh, over the weekend, I went all ruffles. They're thinner. I like that. So here we go. Ruffles have here, ridges. Here's the live taste test. Here, here we go. Let's do this. You can hear the bag there. All right. Here we go. So, hey, these are not. Like, here we go. This is great radio. <laughs> That's why I'm trying so to make these noises. are salt and pepper ones too. The flavor's pretty good. Oh. Marco, what did I tell him right when he gave me him? What's the first thing I, I did? What did I look at? What, yeah, because you are a snob. Oh, you, you, hold you on. Looked at, you looked at the expiration date. You got that? Uh, right, 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 yeah. Yes, I did. I he, got uh, 6-13-24. So I, I commended Maui Jim. He looked at me like I had three heads. Like, what, what are you talking about? I go, yeah, these, these are. He goes, I go, 6-13. I go, that's June 13th. That's really good. If, and he goes, is that a good thing? Yeah. He goes, does that mean they're fresh? I go, yeah. I was worried it was 23 we're, when we're you just, said six, oh, right, right. I, That's why I thought when you said I've never had Trader Joe's a ridge cut, but they're good. But I thought they would be larger. So, you know, they're, they're kind of small, and maybe they're all kind of crumpled up. I'm not a fan of that. Are you but a salt and pepper guy? Bag. What's that? Are you a salt and pepper chip guy? Never had salt and pepper chip. They're not bad. They're not bad. I, no. uh, six and a half. Not that's bad. Right. I'll yeah, give you, not I'll, bad. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Even though I think the Pepsi might be the uh, highlight. You know, our our first segment's about as exciting as the Steelers' offense so far. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, (sighs) jeez. 
We'll uh, we will get to uh, the tonight's game. T.J. Reeves will be joining us uh, shortly. Here we will recap the uh, card from Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk about uh, the betting winners. We'll talk about the uh, disappointments and uh, run all that uh, to you today. And then also we do have the early lines for the divisional round games. And, again, very strange that we have a Monday afternoon game. That's because this Pittsburgh Steelers-Buffalo Bills game was postponed due to the inclement weather. Uh, I'm enjoying this. You know, I was really bummed that we didn't get that Saturday morning or Sunday morning game because this was scheduled for Sunday morning. But it did uh, free up my church schedule. So instead of getting up early or having to go Saturday because a good Catholic that you know that I am, Marco. Yeah. So I got to go at 10 o'clock. And then I was, like, waiting around for the one thirty games yesterday. So I said, okay, let's get. I on. went to breakfast. So I said, <laughs> the breakfast was good, huh? Yeah, yeah. You you did the breakfast. I did the breakfast too. Yeah. I, it was good. I, I rarely have a, a breakfast at home, but anyway. So this is a little bit different. And then we got the Monday night game tonight between the Eagles and uh, the Bucks, which is still a little strange. So this whole schedule is kind of kind of weird. And then when you look at next weekend's schedule for the divisional round, we've got the two games on Saturday, one thirty and five. But I didn't realize. That we now go to twelve noon and three thirty for the games on Sunday. So no ten o'clock in the morning games again. No. It's always been that way for the the second games on Sunday. They they push yeah. the start back. Yeah, yeah. For the- but I guess I was confused because we usually have a traditional uh, soirée, uh, a, a gathering on. I thought it was this round. The NFL's messed it all up since they did the the one. Um, you know, the, the one buy only, whatever. And we would always have the morning game, I thought. Yeah, 10 o'clock and then one thirty. some, you know. I don't know. I, I'm confused. But anyway, yeah, this is a, unusual, but doing the show live while the game is going on. And, yes, eating some potato chips and uh, having some uh, some great beverages here at the Westgate at Las Vegas inside the Superbook. So that is the show today. Jay Cornegay will join us a little bit later on. Again, we'll uh, talk about what – took place over the weekend a look ahead to the divisional round when we come back we are going to go live to tampa bay and get an update from tj reeves at buck's sideline reporter and uh, try to diagnose a winner tonight between two teams that are going in opposite directions that's the bucks and the eagles we got that coming up next we are live at the westgate here on this matinee holiday martin luther king monday inside the Superbook. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see at Thunder Valley Casino. Hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm from Germany. Yippee-yay-yo, Schweinebacke. When I'm in America, I'm listening to T.C. Martin Show. We are live here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook on this Monday NFL playoff weekend, the opening round. Buffalo and Pittsburgh right now. And then uh, tonight, Tampa Bay taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got all that to talk about, plus more. Jay Cornegay will join us. The fine vice president of the Superbook here at the Westgate Las Vegas. He'll join us next hour. So make sure you hang tight for that. And uh, we will continue uh, like 
breaking it down for you and keeping you updated on uh, the Bills and Steelers if you're listening to the show live. And, of course, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check everything out uh, at tcmartinshow.com. Best bets up on the website. Two and one for yours truly, Marco, after winning the first two games on Sunday. But that, that Dallas game, that got me. Uh, and uh, I was I was leaning towards Buffalo of putting them on the best bets. But didn't do it. But uh, I'll take two and one for best bets. I got Buffalo here. Uh, obviously, uh, big play, as I said. I had the Lions last night. Really thought that they were going to get the job done. And if you watch the first half. I mean, you talk about a difference of two halves. You know, I would, if you told me the Lions were only going to score three points in the second half after they marched up and down the field. And Dan Campbell, you know, Great, great play calling from him for the game. They didn't play conservative, and he put the hands, you know, the ball in his quarterback's hands at the end of the game, where a lot of coaches would have run the football in that spot. Players registration is open. And the thing about it is, uh, you got nine points scored in that game. That you got uh, that uh, nine points scored. If you had the over, you're just thinking, okay, I'm on easy street. It was twenty-one seventeen at the half. Yeah. And then both teams turn it off. But, yeah, the Lions' offense definitely went away. So the Lions get, uh, Lions get the job done. They get victorious. And they will get the winner of uh, the game tonight between Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. And speaking of which, let's go out to Tampa oh, Bay, me. Raymond James Stadium, and talk to our good friend T.J. Reeves, the sideline oh, reporter God. for the Bucks, And uh, he is ready to go to work tonight. Appreciate T.J. taking some time. Getting ready for this, uh, the final playoff game of the opening weekend. TJ, what's going on, brother? Always good to be with the doctor, initials, brother. How you feeling? Uh, we're good. I tell you what, uh, you got to be feeling good, and you have to be happy that uh, you are in Tampa Bay. I believe kickoff temperature, which is a couple hours away for you, uh, fifty what seven degrees, and you're not in Buffalo. Current temperature eighteen. And nor were we in Kansas City at minus 28 with the wind chill. No thank you for the Buck sideline guy. Uh, yeah, we're all good. Sarah Walsh uh, from Fox and the NFL Network standing here next to me approves of that as well. Yes. Because she's about to be down on the field doing pregame. You'll see her later. Uh, so we're all good here, my friend. And uh, the, the Buccaneers are ready for this tonight. They have earned this. They have gotten their home game and against an Eagle team that I think we keep talking about is damaged goods, damaged goods physically and psychologically for this one tonight. So we'll see what this looks like coming up here in a little while. Yeah, two teams really going in opposite directions here. Uh, when you look at the Eagles, they've lost five of the last six games. This team started the season 10-1. and one. Uh, Only one of those victories against the Bucks that happened in Tampa Bay that, that you worked in week number three. was all It was all Eagles winning that game 25-11. to 11. But as of late, uh, the offense has gone uh, awry. The defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. And then on the flip side, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you well know, my friend, they've been playing some very good football, winners of four of their last five games. How are the Buccaneers feeling uh, going into this game and having uh, to be able to host this game? Las Vegas Radio. Well, there's confidence here. By the way, Sal Palantonio of ESPN says hello. How you doing, Sal? Uh, Sal <laughs> Pal is in the house. That's what's going so, so the confidence level is high right now for this Buccaneer team, and one of the big common denominators has been taking care of the football while taking it away. They have been plus all year long 
in the turnover margin, and it has been to their benefit. It's how they beat the Packers uh, earlier in the year with the two takeaways in that game, and then obviously um, very huge, the takeaways in the Carolina game that was ugly, yes, but, I mean, the, the, two, key, the two key plays uh, probably in that game were, uh, were takeaways. Antoine Winfield knocking the ball out from D.J. Chark at the goal line, amazing season for him. They got another takeaway later on in that game, didn't give it away. So it's one of those tonight that if they do what they've been doing in the formula, which is play smart, play smart from a turnover standpoint, from a penalty standpoint, don't help the Eagles out. They should be in great shape in this one. And that's, that's one of the unsung things uh, that Baker Mayfield has done well. He has not been spectacular all season. He's been good, but he hasn't been killing them with interceptions, with, with fumbles lost, those kind of things. So if he plays clean, if they play clean, they've got a great opportunity, Doctor. Speaking of Mayfield, he has been better than Jalen Hurts when you, when you look at it. He will play. Both of these quarterbacks will play tonight. But give us an update, TJ, about the injury report with Mayfield because we know that he is not nowhere near 100% here. And there he was listed as questionable during a majority of this week leading up to the game tonight. How is he, and do you think he will be hampered at all? I did hear the screaming in the background. Of course, that's for the doctor doing the live broadcast, or maybe it's the Josh Allen touchdown. Run. It's uh, as we say season. here, as we hear Could say here, go go Buffalo! Since uh, we <laughs> do have a, we are in a sports book, my friend. So we and Mark I and I are high fiving as well too. While we're eating uh, potato chips, because we that's have tickets on the Buffalo Bills. Back to the health of Baker Mayfield. You were not going to keep him out of this game, uh, except with like armed forces and a tank. He's going to play. Uh, he practiced fully. Back on uh, on Friday, and then in the in the Saturday walkthrough, uh, yes, the ribs are bruised; they're not broken. The ankle is not great, but he got some extra day to prepare with that. Uh, he still made a gutsy play in the fourth quarter of the Carolina game, even with the bad ribs and the bad ankle, where he scrambled for about a, a seven or eight yard gain on a key third down to keep the ball, get one more field goal, and push the lead beyond a touchdown. So this guy's a gamer, and uh, and again, he has been a a tremendous reason why they've won managing the game getting them in the right play not making the key mistakes and then he realizes at times too oh i've got mike evans and chris godwin and they're pretty good let's find them down the field and make some big plays and let's see if that happens especially early in this game tonight in the rematch with the eagles talk about a little uh, let's talk a little bit about tampa bay running the football we know they have not been good at that dead last in the nfl 32nd and you go back to that first meeting, I know that it was a long time ago, back to week three, but they only had 41 yards against the Eagles in that first meeting. How concerned are you about where this running game is right now, and why is it, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just so non-existent? I think non-existent is the right word. They haven't emphasized it as much. Now, they ran it better the second half of the year, but it's kind of like being on the floor. You don't have one way to go, and that's up. So they, they ran it better, especially down the stretch of the season. But this is not a team that's even built really to line up and try to run the ball 25 times and get 125 or 150 yards. If they do something like that, it's a bonus. And plus, you've got a, a physical uh, Philadelphia team here that you're not going to try to do that as much against. You're going you're to probably look to use things like screen passes, receiver screens, get Rashad White in space. That was another key down the stretch of the season. They kept finding him as a receiver uh, out of the backfield with a lot of success. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people are making uh, 
a bunch about the week three game with Philadelphia, and the Bucks were still trying to figure some things out with a first-year offensive coordinator, and Rashad White was not much factor in this game uh, back in week three. I think he will be a much bigger factor tonight, including catching the football out of the backfield. So I, I don't suspect it will be any different tonight with the Buccaneers having tons of success running the ball. It's going to be more about run it here and there, key second and short, key third and short, get the first down, and use the pass game to set things up as uh, as the rest of the game unfolds, especially the pass game early to Evans and Goblin. And, you know, TJ, we talk about that game in week three. Like I said, it was a long time ago, and I don't know how much you you know the either side can really take from this game. Now, we know this is a game of matchups, and, you know, matchups seem to favor the Eagles in all sense, and that was on display in week three. But, I mean, how much of this do you think that you can actually apply since the Eagles are nowhere near the same team? They're not playing at that level. You minus A.J. Brown out of this, who was phenomenal in that game. Heck, A.J. Brown had well over 100 yards uh, in that contest against the Bucks, And like I said, the Bucks are riding the mojo here. So how much do you believe that that game does not apply at all, even though we're going to see a lot of the same personnel and a lot of the same matchups? Well, one thing they did very well in that opening game is they ran it, and they ran it right away with uh, DeAndre Swift um, and, and the, the physical offensive line. They ended up running it 40 times for over 200 yards, and they grinded the clock big time in the second half. As you mentioned, probably the biggest factor uh, for the Eagles is A.J. Brown not in this game because he was a big factor that night in, in the Week 3 game, and he's been a big factor all year long. He's a 1,400-yard receiver. So he's not there. There are still question marks about Jalen Hurts' middle finger. We won't tell any middle finger jokes on the doctor's show here. And until we see this in the game, I don't know what the truth is because they showed some practice video of him throwing the ball around. But a dislocated finger on your throwing hand where you're trying to grip the ball, not, not great. And let's see what he looks like uh, and how apprehensive he is maybe to air it out downfield because he knows he can't get the same zip on the ball. Do they, do they from a game plan standpoint, rein it in a little bit and throw a lot shorter and intermediate stuff as opposed to trying to air it out because they know that they don't have a quarterback that can do that uh, tonight in the game. A couple of other factors, too. The Buccaneers' defensive line is different in this game. Kalijah Cansey, the number one pick out of Pitt, the former ACC Defensive Player of the Year, he didn't play in that Week 3 game because of a calf injury. Likewise, Yaya Diaby, another great name, pass rusher out of Louisville that they got in the mid-rounds. These are two rookies. He wasn't playing that much at the beginning of the year. He's come on. He ended up leading the NFL among rookies with seven and a half sacks. So Diaby and Cansey, number 94 and number zero, should be a factor up front for the Bucks against the Eagles with whatever they're trying to do. All right. T.J. Reeves joins us live from Tampa Bay getting ready for tonight's playoff game between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. Obviously, that is a key storyline here. This will be the first time Jalen Hurts wears a glove on his throwing hand, first time in his career. And so Nick Sirianni had said a couple days ago that, hey, he was actually zipping around pretty good in practice. We don't know if that's coach speak or whatever. Yeah, but so what, very, is he, what, right, what is he supposed to say? Exactly. So that's why course, that's what I'm getting yeah, to exactly. is, like, with you, it would be a, a really uh, – you know, curious to see your take on what Jalen looks like in the pregame warm-up here when he comes out. Like you said, that with that that injury to that finger on his throwing hand, you know, in the biggest game of the year, and then you know, for him to be able to 
to to throw the ball successfully. I'm just wondering how much tr- uh, trouble he is going to have with that. So you'll probably get a, a very good gauge on that uh, when you watch him. You know, um, you know, during the pregame here. But um, yeah, it'll, that that is obviously a, a big storyline here. So TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house here at the Westgate Las Vegas. TJ, my concern with Tampa is in. I'm a fan of Baker. I thought that he didn't get, you know, enough credit in Cleveland. I thought he got a bad deal there. You, you think about all the different head coaches he had or offensive coordinators, year, you know, so many years in a row. But I look at the last two games, you guys scored 13 and 9 points. That's a concern for me. I know all of the problems that Philadelphia's had, and when we break the game down later, and I talked about it Friday with Philadelphia, you know, they had that five-week stretch where it was just a murderous schedule for them uh, playing all the best teams in the NFL, and I think that took its toll along with the injuries. But if you're a Tampa Bay fan, are we seeing a little bit of the old Baker coming back here as we get closer to crunch time in playoffs? Because Let's face it, you know, well, he's not a rookie. You bring up a good point, Marco. Uh, the interceptions in the New Orleans game is what broke him a couple of times. He threw, underthrew Trey Palmer on a long ball in the first half in a 7 nothing game that ends up being an interception. And that was costly, as it turns out, because it, it could have changed the tenor of that game. So that's one, of the, that's one of the games here as of late where the team couldn't score. But if you back up to a few games ago, this team goes to Atlanta and the, in a must-win game and puts 29 points on the board against the Falcons and wins the game. They then go the next week to Lambeau, the doctor's all familiar, uh, and they put 34 points on the board in that game. They come back home with Jacksonville, who's in the playoff chase, and put 30 points on the board. And a lot of that largely, again, was just the offense, not just short fields, defensive scores, those kind of things. So they were in rhythm, and then the Saints, for whatever reason, have been their nemesis and, and slowed them down. And again, it was a weird final game with Carolina where they were playing field position, field goals, uh, especially in the fourth quarter of the game where they maybe could have gotten a touchdown, you know, pushed across for a 13 nothing lead or whatever, but they were playing field position and field goals at the end of that game. I would be shocked tonight if you don't see the Buccaneers put a couple of touchdowns on the board even in the first half of this game against Philadelphia. They're that explosive. They have that many weapons, and they're a different team. They're a different team down the stretch of the season. I would feel less confident if this was the Saints who for whatever reason have done well against this team. This is not the Saints. This is a psychologically damaged Philadelphia team that couldn't stop Arizona, that couldn't stop Tyrod Taylor and the Giants the last two weeks. Let's see if they can do anything with the Bucks tonight. All right, T.J. Reeves joins us from Raymond James Stadium, site of tonight's uh, final game of the opening round here in the playoffs. Tampa Bay hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, the battle of the four and five seeds. T.J., before we let you go, final thing here, give us uh, your keys to the game. Well, I think ultimately what I said to you earlier about uh, take care of the football, don't help the Eagles out here in this one. And you're going to be sky high emotionally because you're at home. And uh, I, I think that the Buccaneers play is the more loose team. I mean, all the talk right now in Philadelphia, and I'm sure it'll be a buzz down here, is if the Eagles look awful tonight, as crazy as it sounds, Nick Sirianni will apparently go from leading in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl uh, about 50 weeks ago to potentially being fired if they look bad tonight. And don't think for a second that if the Eagles uh, don't start poorly, that it's not going to snowball in this situation. So it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to watch all of this unfold uh, tonight. And by the way, they're test-firing the cannons 
here tonight. Let's see if that's the first of several times that the cannons go off with the Buccaneers scoring points, getting touchdowns, et cetera, much more tonight. But, I, you know, I think the Bucs are going to enjoy this. Again, this was a season where a lot of people wrote them off. $72 million in dead cap money, not able to go spend on free agents. A lot of people thought three, four wins around the country, pundits. Uh, anything but that. A nine-win season, a home playoff game tonight. Let's see if they take advantage, Doctor. Any truth to the rumor there that uh, Bill Belichick has been going back uh, from Dallas yesterday to uh, to Tampa there uh, on the uh, looking at that Eagle sideline that uh, <laughs> that could be one of his two next employers? <laughs> yeah, Belichick lurking everywhere right now. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it that he coaches somewhere else. Let's see. Let's see what happens with that. I'll believe the Dallas thing when I see it. I know he hired Parcells at one point, Jerry Jones, but let's see. Let's see what all uh, unfolds. And if anything uh, that yesterday taught us with that Green Bay game, don't take anything for granted because the Cowboys just got absolutely rolled, as you know, in that game. I think we're in for a good one tonight. And let's see. I mean, the Bucks have a lot of great history against the Eagles, including closing down Veterans Stadium. Rondé Barber will be in the house tonight. He closed down Veterans Stadium with a 92-yard interception return in the NFC title game to go to the Super Bowl. So let's see if some of that mojo works tonight, Doctor. Always good to be with you. You got it, brother. Take care. Have a great call tonight, and we'll talk to you soon. See you, boys. Marco, make sure he behaves the rest of the show. It's on you. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Reeves live from Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium, the Bucks sideline reporter, a great contributor, great friend, uh, and uh, also has filled in for me uh, in in the past. Appreciate TJ, and uh, he's working tonight, so appreciate him taking the time and uh, joining us with a live report from Tampa Bay. All right, Marco, you look at this game tonight with uh, with, with Philly and and Tampa. It's really not a, a really. A pleasing to the eyes, especially since what we've seen from Philadelphia during the last six weeks. They've lost five of the last six. Tampa Bay doesn't get anybody excited. Yes, Tampa Bay has won four of their last five games, but look who they've done it against. I mean, they've had, you know, victories against non-playoff teams in the Saints, uh, Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Carolina twice. That final game of the regular season they, they need to win last week it was nine nothing that was it they failed to score a touchdown and uh thank you bevy bev our fine cocktail server uh here at the uh, the westgate uh so you know normal circumstances i think you and i would be all over the eagles and i think we've both been burned by the eagles especially in the last six weeks you mentioned they've had that killer killer schedule but even against the lowly Giants, they were outplayed from the beginning, you know, last week. Even though the Eagles technically didn't need to win the game, but they start, you know, brought their starters out and Hurts and everyone else played. And then finally they waved the white flag and they said, okay, forget this. But this is a team that is going backwards unlike any other team in this postseason, in this position right now. Do you think that, uh, you know, this is a situation, okay, take a deep breath. Uh, it's playoff football. They're going to turn things around. I know I bought into that theory weeks ago, but it's hard to back a team that has lost five of the last six games, and they've lost to teams like the Giants, Arizona, and in in Seattle. You know, losing to those teams, non-playoff teams, this is a hard team to figure out right now. 
It definitely is, TC. And the Seattle game, remember, Seattle scored at the end of the game to win that. That that was a coin flip game going down the stretch. The two giant losses, yeah, they look bad on paper. There's no question about that. They had turnovers in the second meeting uh, when they – Four turnovers, you know, the season finale. Well, the Arizona loss was as the inexcusable. Arizona, Arizona loss was was the bad loss there. Uh oh, we got a turn of events here with the uh, Steeler game, block punt and uh, or field goal, I should say. Uh, kept him. We were about to go twenty four nothing there. Uh, big turn there. But here's the thing with Philadelphia, and I don't want to use the cliche. Oh, it's playoff time. You know, you turn the light switch on, but mentally it is a reset button everybody starts zero and zero again okay so you know everybody has the same shot of winning this is a spot where i think they show up tonight i the giant game as i started to talk about before i got distracted by the the blocked field goal there is that's a division game and we know that when you're out of the playoffs you're playing a division rival which Philadelphia and New York because of the close proximity of the two teams in that division. That's a big game. And the Giants were playing for pride. And you're saying, well, Philadelphia was playing for the number one seed. They had everything going their way, and they laid an egg. It is. But the team was decimated with injuries. They're still banged up. Don't get me wrong. But I think you're going to see a better effort. I think Jalen Hurts will be able to move the football both with his arms and his legs. They caught a break, actually, I think, with that finger injury, playing in Tampa instead of playing in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've ever you know, had a broken bone or whatever. When you're in the cold, that affects your hand and your bones more. You know, growing up, you know, me living in Pittsburgh all the time, every ache and pain that you have is magnified by the cold weather. So he's catching a break with playing in Tampa instead of playing any place else that he could have where the weather was an issue this week. In Baker, until he gives us that win in the big game, it's been a good season for him, but I can't help looking past the Tampa Bay game last week against Carolina. I was on Tampa, and at no point did I feel good that I was going to cover that game. His numbers passing, 20 of 32. Oh, thumbs up, 115 yards. You had 20 completions, and you only had 115 yards. Dink and dunk. Dink and dunk's not going to get it done. Yeah. Not not tonight. Um, and this is one of those ones where we talk about in-game wagering. I think you're going to see immediately – that first two drives between Philly and Tampa, which Philadelphia team showing up tonight where you can jump in and maybe do some maneuvering in-game as well. But I do have, as I said, I'm on Philadelphia. I do have a safety net that I have an open teaser that closes tonight with Tampa. So I got a pretty nice window for a middle to fall in there. But I got more money on Philadelphia, and that's what I'm rooting for. You know, this is kind of a situation but like last night's game with the Rams and, and the Lions, two teams that are pretty evenly matched. We have a three-point line in this game, very kind of similar to Houston and Cleveland, which we saw on, on, on Saturday. But this is got the visiting team that's the favorite, okay? And I'll use the Cleveland example here. And it's like, okay, that line is being set by early-season Philadelphia or mid-season Philadelphia, and it seems like bookmakers and even betters are disregarding the last six games. 
because the Eagles are nowhere near that. And there's this level of just not only inconsistency, but there is some division, it seems like, between Nick Sirianni and some of the players. Um, Jalen Hurts and the offensive coordinator, and Jalen was pretty critical, which he usually doesn't speak up. But you look at his body language over the last you know few games, he's shaking his head like he doesn't get it. You know, it seems like he wants to, and he said this, he wants to come out and throw the ball short in more mid-range. And maybe he needs to do that because of now the injury. But it seems like, you know, everything has been downfield, downfield, downfield. And when they're not connecting on the downfield passes or the defense has taken that away, Philly has no option. Swift, as as T.J. Reeves mentioned, and I, I watched, uh, you know, that game in week number three, the Eagles ran all over them. And that's when the Eagles are successful, is we can, when they can get that running game going. But they haven't done that. So I think that people are looking at the Eagles saying, okay, they're a three-point road favorite. Man, that should be easy money because they still have the mindset, this is that Eagles team. They are much better than their record has indicated over the last month and a half of the season. I'm trying to get over that myself because from a matchup standpoint, they are better on both sides of the ball than Tampa Bay. They are more explosive. They got the the better players on offense compared to Tampa. And as far as defensively, yes, they, they've had some problems. But they've given up chunks of yards and big points to very good offensive teams during that stretch that you mentioned. So it's kind of a hard game to handicap. And I don't know where, you know, it's either Philadelphia or nothing for me, you know. I'm on Philadelphia already on a teaser, and I know that you don't like crossing over, but you know, to me in a game like this where you're getting four points, I feel pretty good about that, but I just don't have that confidence. Do you think that we should approach this the way that, you know, looking at the Chiefs, where the Chiefs were backsliding into the postseason, and it's like, okay, you know, here comes the calendar. It's flipped over to January. Chiefs are going to kick it into gear. They're in the Super Bowl last year. Philadelphia was in the Super Bowl. This is where it gets going, but I'm I, I just not sure. I agree with everything that you said except one statement that you made. You said the people are looking at this, and this game is valued like Philadelphia from earlier in the season and midseason. Week three – Philadelphia was a five-point favorite, and they come in here and took care of business and beat Tampa Bay soundly. So if you're, if you're going to say they're still treating it the same way, then Philly should have been five or more because they, that's what they were, and they outperformed the number the first time. So there has been a huge adjustment. That's the one thing I disagree with what you said. But the reference you made to Kansas City in – Kansas City was able to – there was a couple other things involved there. You had a warm-weather team playing in Arctic conditions, okay? That was a factor. But we have a, a phrase in horse racing where back class comes into play. Yeah. All right? Kansas City definitely has the back class and pedigree because of all of their playoff experience. You have to say the same thing about the Philadelphia Eagles because they went to the Super Bowl last year. So – this is different for Tampa. Yeah, they just won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but Tom Brady ain't coming through the locker room door. It's Baker Mayfield, and that's my concern with Tampa. I think if Philadelphia, it, and I know so many coaches, when they win the coin toss to start the game, want to defer and have the ball in the second half. 
Dan Campbell didn't do that last night. Right. He, Give us the ball. Green Bay did the same thing to Dallas. Okay. Did the exact same thing. They wanted to get on the board first and make that statement. So, And I think that's what Philadelphia should do tonight if they yeah. win the toss. Yeah, and I'm with you again. The Tampa Bay offense uh, does, uh, <laughs> doesn't scare anybody, but that Eagle defense has been very, very leaky. Very leaky, even against the opponents we talked about, against the the Giants and the Cardinals. So that's the scary thing. We knew Kansas City, like I said, home field, had that defense to back, bank on, and more importantly, we're facing a Dolphins team that was sliding backwards. We're missing six starters. All right, we'll touch more upon that. Jay Cornegay is going to join us. Uh, nice sweatsuit and all. All right. <laughs> we continue on here. It is a matinee Monday. We're sitting here with the Bills and the Steelers. They approach halftime. Buffalo leading 21-7. to So keep, keep you updated on that game. And then we'll take a look at tonight's game more. And also the divisional round, which starts on Saturday. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo live at the Westgate Las Vegas. Yes, our football home, our Friday home, and today our Monday home at the world-famous Superbook. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Yeah, Hour number two here on this Monday, and we have got NFL football playoffs happening as we speak. We are live at the Westgate Las Vegas, traditionally our Friday home, and also on uh, our special occasions. And we've been here the last few Mondays, of course. You know, with uh, the bowl games, New Year's Day, and then the championship game going back last week with uh, the college football playoff game. And today, since we've got Buffalo and Philadelphia as we speak, this game obviously postponed from uh, Sunday due to weather and the Buffalo Bills rolling over the Steelers 21-7 to as uh, we approach halftime there. And then, of course, tonight... We've got the final game of the weekend as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Hour number one, we visited with T.J. Reeves, the Bucs sideline reporter. Gave us a live update from there. And as we get ready for Eagles and Bucks tonight, and now we also look ahead to the divisional round. So after these uh, two games get completed, we will know exactly who's going where. Uh, Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner, handicapper extraordinaire, wagertalk.com. Go to wagertalk.com for Marco's plays. Doesn't matter the sport, Marco all over it. And, uh, of course, uh, our handicapper right here, along with Scott Spritzer, on the show each and every week. All right, Marco, let's uh, talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs here and the structure. I really have a problem with looking at these brackets. Uh, the NFL made a little, you know, tweak in the schedules. Uh, you know, coming up here a couple of years ago when we went to one team in each conference getting the bye, not the two. We have seven teams in each conference now. The Green Bay Packers do a fantastic job, and they come in as the number seven seed, and they 
eliminate the Cowboys yesterday where they thoroughly dominated that game, 48-32. to The Green Bay Packers, instead of getting the Detroit Lions or someone else as, as the 2-7 seed, that's where they would go. But because they are the lowest-seeded team, they must go face the San Francisco 49ers instead. So you're moving brackets. So if you have a visual of you know the the top half and the bottom half, you got the Niners just sitting there with the bye. On the bottom half, you got the Packers. You know, two and seven. Seven beats two. You think, okay, great. You're rewarding you know them for their victory, and now they would uh, you know get the you know winner of the uh, Lions and Rams game. So that would be Detroit and Green Bay team that they're very familiar with. They beat them on Thanksgiving Day. Instead, it gets reseeded because you want the 49ers, the top team, to face the you know lowest-seeded team. To me, this is wrong because you're punishing Green Bay and you're rewarding San Francisco, who already had a bye. <laughs> so we know that you shouldn't say this, but basically they're getting two buys because they don't play in the first round. And now they get the team that barely qualified to get in, the last seed, number seven, and they get to play him at home. This is not right. I mean, this is supposed to be, you know, kind of like March Madness. Your brackets are what your brackets are. Uh, Just, I I don't like it. And, you know, again, you're penalizing the Green Bay Packers and you're rewarding the 49ers. That's the whole key. I was going to just say to you, you know, the old saying, uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, or the glass is half empty, half full. You're looking at it from the team that's getting penalized. I can look at it and say, this gives you the incentive to go out and get the number one seat, to get home field advantage throughout. But only one team gets that. And again, you're playing 17 games. It's a, the, the playoffs, like you said earlier, it's supposed to be, hey, reset, everybody's zero and zero, right? You are just fighting an uphill battle. And, again, it's never been this way. That's the problem I have. Why are we changing it all of a sudden now? You're just, okay, you're rewarding that number one seed. Number two seed has always had a buy, And now you're making them play. It just continues to reward number one. It does. But, again, this is, you know, how many years have we been in this format now? It's only been a couple. Two. Yeah. So they had to ch- they had changed the structure because they changed the way they do the playoffs. Uh, I agree with you. I think they should stay seated the way they are, but it is what it is right now. A bracket is a bracket. It is. I have a bigger problem. <laughs> Why have brackets? Seriously. Right. I see what you're saying. To me, there's a bigger issue with the teams that play. There was only supposed to be two teams play on Monday. This was, you know, because of the weather with the Steelers played. The teams that play on Monday and have to come back and play on a short week in the playoffs, I think that's a that's a bigger travesty. And right. I understand why they're doing it because it's all about money. It's, it's getting TV. that stand, it's, it's getting that it's, yes. that standing alone game on Monday. I understand that, but that is not fair in any way to the team that wins on Monday. They're at a huge dis- disadvantage to come back on a short week. Why do we not play Monday night games the final week of the regular exactly, season? Exactly. And here's the thing. This is totally avoidable because you have three time slots that you can go to on Saturday and Sunday. We had we had a time slot that was open yesterday, right. you know, and it, and it got moved to, uh, to Monday 
and now we have two games. But you didn't need to have the Eagles and Tampa Bay. That could have been in a time slot yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. You could have played three games on Saturday, three games on Sundays the yes. way they should, should have right. been done. But right. It's all about money, TC, and you know, and I'm not sure if Buffalo wins. Are they playing Saturday or Sunday next week? Do you know? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. So if Buffalo wins, all right, Buffalo will, will play be the, at home the late game. Yes, against the Chiefs, Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Okay. So they have the last game of the weekend card, okay, which makes sense. What's Philly and Tampa? So the Philly Tampa situation is uh, set for the first game on Sunday. Okay. So you know you're not they're not going to play on Saturday. And so I'm sure that people would love to see Green Bay and Baltimore uh, on Sunday. I mean I'm sorry, Green Bay and San Francisco on Sunday, but that is your Saturday game. And then same thing with Baltimore. Baltimore gets the number 1 seed. Well, they got to play on Saturday. But uh, we've seen the NFL do this with the number 1 seeds. Okay, they didn't play a game, so let's let's have them play on Saturday and give the teams that have played a game as much rest as possible. So that's what you have. So right now you've got uh, Houston uh, playing Baltimore. That's what you got going right now. How about Houston on Saturday? How impressive was C.J. Stroud? We said it all all year long. This this kid continues to amaze me that he's a rookie in doing what he's done, especially you know coming into the and that's probably why he was the you know the second pick behind uh, Bryce Young. You know we're going to compare those two forever because they were one two in the draft, but the history of failures of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. It, this guy, you know clearly uh, is not in that same realm of the other uh, quarterbacks out of Ohio State. And to me, he's your, you know, your rookie of the year for what he's done and led that team. I w- would have been amazed if this team would have been two games under 500. I think you would have deemed the season a success. Mm-hmm. But instead, they make the playoffs. And the one thing I said going into when we talked about that game on Friday, I said they had the advantage of basically already playing a playoff game. That final week of the season against Indianapolis where winning you're in, that was a playoff game for them. And, you know, as good as Joe Flacco played for the Browns and what a story that was, it's a shame that, if you know, it ended the way it did with his worst game as a Brown. But I said to you when we talked about that game, you know, if I'm Joe Flacco, I've only been there five weeks, I would have played him in the last week. Not sit him. You, you're you not fully immersed in the offense and get the reputation. I know you don't want to get somebody hurt, and the Detroit coach got a lot of flack for the tight end that got hurt you know, in the final week. But he ended up playing yesterday and, and was a factor and had catches. Play Joe Flacco. I don't, I, see, I don't agree with that because Flacco's 38 years old. Okay, he has not played a full season. only played five games, and you need him to rest. And especially if you're going to rest – other people, you don't want to risk having your starting quarterback get hurt. You just can't do it. The, the Browns had nothing to play for, so I'm not buying that. Well, here, here's was my handicap in that game. As you know, I had Houston. Joe Flacco has been interception prone in every game, and went over it on the best bets on Friday that he's thrown at least one interception. In the last five games, every game he's thrown at least an interception. He had a total of eight in those last uh, uh, five games. Well, he had two pick sixes yesterday. 
against Houston. And to your point about C.J. Stroud, I've been very, very slow to give him the credit because of Ohio State, because being a rookie and waiting for him to blow up. But you know what? You know, I finally backed Houston. I haven't really backed them all year. I've just kind of stayed away or went against them. But I was on him because he made a believer of me. And uh, like I said, he's at home. He's playing a team that's kind of banged up, and I think that they're overrated, overvalued. And it was a great spot. So kudos to C.J. Stroud. He was great. 274 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And on the flip side of that, Flacco with the two pick sixes going the other way. Flacco was sacked four times. And the story of that game was the Houston defense. Yes, Houston put up 45 points, but again, you know, 14 of that, or 12 if you want to be technical, was from the defense. But they just outplayed Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland, again, a nice little feel-good story. And you always talk about fat and sassy. I think I, I touched it on Friday, too. You see how excited they were two weeks ago about getting in the playoffs? Like, they're partying the stands. They're partying the fields. Like, whoa, slow your roll a little bit here. You haven't done anything. Yeah, not, they haven't done anything yet. You got in, you know, here is a wild card. Just, uh, you know, and you guys are not healthy. You're you're missing two running backs. You got offensive line, defensive question marks. Yeah, I think it was a great spot for Houston. Didn't really expect 45-14, but uh, nice performance by the Texans. And D'Amico Ryans, kudos to him. Like him much better than Kevin Stefanski. Talked about that on Friday. Who's to say that Houston can't keep this thing rolling for a little bit? They're a dangerous team. Offensively, they've got, you know, they stretch the field. That That's the thing. And those wide receivers, uh, you know, that second-year uh, guy, name's blanking on me right now, Nico. Uh, Nico Collins. Nico Collins. Unbelievable season that he's had. You want to talk about making a big leap from year one, one year to the next? He has done it. And him and C.J. Stroud are on, you know, they've got a chemistry going. They're going to be dangerous. They're hard out. I am surprised at the defense. The defense did shock me because that was the one thing whenever you bet the Houston games this year, and I was on Houston quite a bit, you know, offensively, you know, there were no problems. But there were games defensively that they almost were reminiscent of the Detroit Lions. They had to just outscore people who were giving up points. But give them credit in uh, – Kansas City on Saturday night. I don't. I know you were at the UNLV game Saturday, and then uh, eating a nice meal. I saw your pictures uh, uh, on social media there uh, with the coach. With the coach, we had yeah, a good, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, the game uh, with Kansas City. They they came out early in that game and scored in. Uh, you know, I took a different approach on that game on a lot of the shows that I did last week. I took Kansas City team total over first half it was a low number it was 12 and a half you know and i said i i expected them to get 14 to 17 points in the first half and they got the ball to start the game and we see these good teams how often you know they have that the scripted plays to start a game we see that with san francisco all the time in kansas city's the same way they went right down the field got that opening drive and that set the tone we talked about that with the other games there's something about playing downhill versus playing uphill and when you're playing at home and you get that first score and you get the crowd into the game not to use a pun with the buffalo game as they're throwing snowballs right now but it is like a snowball rolling rolling down the hill it gains momentum uh as as it goes and uh that's you know again 
get the ball. Grab the ball and go down the field. Make a statement. Yeah, everybody wants to try to have that daily double, yeah. you know, where it's like, oh, you get the last score, last possession of the first half, and then, hey, you get to receive the kickoff in the second half. And, again, the Packers did it too. They, they said, hey, we, we got the toss and we want the ball, and they went down and scored immediately. And we've talked about it so many times, and neither one of us are big fans of Dak Prescott, but he's a He's a different quarterback on the road, and he's a different quarterback when he's got to play from behind. He's a different quarterback when you play against a tough opponent. And I'm going to say it again. You heard me say it all year long. Dallas has been the easiest handicap for me all year long. When they play a tough opponent, forget about it. You go against. They they play the soft opponent, you go get them. All right? Yesterday wasn't necessarily a soft opponent in the Green Bay Packers, but it was a team that they were favored by seven. They had the home field advantage, the number one offense. They were 8-0 at home. It, they should have been able to beat the Green Bay Packers, especially in a game where Jordan Love is is making his first you know playoff start on the road against what was supposed to be a pretty good defense, and it just went backwards. What was my line when I was handicapping this game? You remember what I said? I said, don't screw it up, Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy. I said, I really like Dallas in this situation as long as Dak and McCarthy don't screw it up. The moment I came into to, to the Westgate today, <laughs> I had a listener said, you called it. Yep. Don't screw it up. This guy was like, like repeating what I said. And that's exactly what happened because I'm so sick of those two guys being an overrated coach and an overrated quarterback that you know going into it, it's like the play calling of McCarthy and his demeanor on the sideline and you know just the way he handles these big game situations is not good. And Prescott cannot move, okay, under pressure. Forget about it. And and, and that and that's what happened. It's uh, it's just terrible. It, 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 it was if you're back in the Cowboys. And now here we go. I mean, it happened again. Uh, with those two guys. The Dallas defense was exposed, and let's throw some shade or whatever you want to say at the Dan Quinn, who's been getting so much love as the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. He got torched. You play man-to-man defense the majority of your entire season, and what do you do? You come out in this weak, soft zone, and Jordan Love, Jordan Love of all people, are picking you apart. Just picking you apart. And where's the adjustments? We've got to wait till halftime before we start going man-to-man. Still picked him apart because he, he stuck with that zone. And where's Dan Quinn today? Dan Quinn is out doing inter- head coaching interviews today because for five different jobs, he's a candidate for. What have you done for me lately, Janet Jackson? Look, look, look what he did. This guy was not a good head coach when he was a head coach. And his game plan was horrendous. Mike McCarthy's game plan was horrendous for an offensive side. I mean, call Dallas out for this nonsense. Kudos to Green Bay. They outplayed him. They put up 48 points. You know, Prescott helped him out with a pick six. No question. But this was a one-sided game, and you point to those two guys, McCarthy and Dak Prescott, for really showing up like we've seen in the past. Absolutely, but the one thing I'm going to give you a little bit of flack with is you go, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. Jordan Love was one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the last six weeks of the season. Statistically, he was. Against who? 
you can Come only on, play. Man. You can only play who's in front of you. Yeah, and give that's Matt, right. give Matt Lafleur credit. He had a you know, he's not a rookie, but rookie to the playoffs. This is his first season that he started. He did not shrink the pl- the the playbook on him. He opened up the playbook. They come out chucking the football, and as I'm watching that game and it's unfolding, I'm sitting there saying to myself, "Who is the most miserable watching this game? Jerry Jones, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, or I'm going to put a fourth name in there, Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> Seriously, do you, you know? Aaron Rodgers was, you know, his time came to an end. It was time for him to leave Green Bay. You know, I got tired of all the, you know, Aaron Rodgers nonsense. Too much drama. Okay. Mm -hmm. To see Jordan Love do that, what he did yesterday, whether it was against bad defense, Dallas Cowboys in wrong coverages, whatever it was, give the kid credit. His first playoff game, he no, you're lit, right. I'll give lit, him credit. The, I'll, lit them up. Yeah, he did. He did. He lit them up. I, I will give him credit. But again, when you have, Marco, the wide open receivers, if you watch that game, and especially the replays when you saw no one that is one, in the, the territory. You could have threw, the, you could have threw that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. telling you. But it was just repeated from the opening drive. That was on the defensive coordinator. That's on Dan Quinn. Now, if they're playing man-to-man, I mean, st- give me Stephon Gilmore against anybody, I'll, ta- I'll take that defensive matchup. But when you play zone and you're passing off and you go, oh, Mr. Simon, Mr. Simon, you're asking guys to do something that- different than they've been asked to do all season long. So schematically, people need to realize, schematically, that was a mistake on Dallas. It wasn't all of a sudden, hey, Jordan Love this and that. If Jordan Love is throwing dimes, okay, in- into double coverage and the receivers winning those balls or whatever. Okay, and then, you know, yes, credit to Jordan Love. But Jordan Love's going to get the credit today because of the score and his high completion rate. But, again, if if you're playing against a defense that's a sieve, that's on the defensive coordinator and on the defense for not showing up. That's what I'm trying to say. We get too caught up. People get too caught up about – numbers and and what the final result and what the final you know uh score is and what you know what what he did how did he do it okay how did he do it because he was beating the defense or because there were gapping holes because of blown defensive assignments oh obviously there were gaping holes there no question about it but i think you know maybe the thought process of why they did that is they wanted to give jordan look Jordan Love a look he hadn't seen yet on film, trying and it backfired. But what the difference between a good coach and a bad coach is when you have something, you go in with a game plan and it doesn't work, you have to change the game immediately. Plan. Yes, you Not have to make time it, right. You have to make in game yeah. adjustments, and they never made yeah. any adjustments, and it continued to burn them all the whole game. I'm going to give you a basketball analogy here. Is it my coaching analogy with basketball so if you you have a team and you know you're facing a a team that plays great man-to-man defense suff- suffocating man-to-man defense and you prep accordingly and, and say okay we've, we you know we got to attack this then the opponent comes out in a 2-3 zone okay the difference between man-to-man and 2-3 zone is 2-3 zones are very passive all right you're sitting back whatever and I come out and I say, well, wait a minute. You know, 
they're not pressuring us when we're bringing the ball up the court or once we get half court, we're not getting the smothering double teams or this, that. They're going to lay back because, oh, we're going to give you a different look because you thought we were going to play a pressing man-to-man, so we're going to sit back at a 2-3, and I'm looking like, beautiful. You're going to leave up my my jump shooters wide open on the wing. We'll get to penetrate and kick out or whatever. We're going to attack those holes. I'm going, and this has happened in my coaching career. It was like, I love this. That's on you. So that is exactly the scenario yesterday with the with the the Packers. Jordan Love's going like, you're going to play zone? Oh, my God. You know, I've got, I've got Dobbs wide open. Dobbs is open again. My tight end is open again. Are you kidding me? Why? Because you're trying to outsmart the opponent? Nah. You just you, you go and you attack that. So that's what I saw yesterday. And, again, San Francisco is not going to do that. Oh. So now when Green Bay travels to San Francisco, which, unfortunately, they shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. They should be playing the Lions, you know. But since the NFL wants to reseed everything, which is a joke, Jordan Love will not have that uh, success against the Niners. If he does, then I will come back next Monday and say, hey, man, this guy's won me over and this and that. But you look at the games against the Giants, which was three or four weeks ago. He was awful. Uh, and, again, he, he he was good. I will give him the credit. The numbers are great. He took advantage of it. But you saw the back foot throws. You saw him, you know, you know, high on a lot of throws. But great catches by the wide receivers. But those guys were wide open and then Dan Quinn is interviewing for head coaching jobs today because he's going to be a great head coach. Well, he wasn't a great head coach first time around. Well, there might be an opening right where he's at right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, what's yeah. going to happen with Mike McCarthy? I, I have seen Jerry Jones upset a lot because yeah. we've seen this movie over and over. Again. Yeah. It's like watching Groundhog Day on Endless Loop. But did you see him yesterday? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the shots of him in, you know, the owner suite, not good, uh, you know, and I I don't see how Mike McCarthy survives this. And the other thing I don't see, Dak Prescott, again, in a big game, goes MIA. I, you know, I, just he's not a good quarterback. He's just not good. He's not good. Again decision making he's not elite he's not elite he's not elite he's not a bad quarterback right right but he's not a quarterback you got to be elite could... to, to 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 win super bowls go deep in playoffs you need to be close to elite he's the type of quarterback that you can't you don't have the confidence that he can put the team on his back and take them down the field right like a josh allen like patrick mahomes correct okay those those kind of guys, and that's you know the difference. Like Tom Brady was his entire career. Yeah. Dak has not shown that at any point in time. In as I said, there's just too many big games that comes up, and we say, well, you know, the big games are the good teams that he's facing. It's it's combination of the good teams and Dak not being able to do the the big the big play. So we'll see what what happens uh, going forward with them. But I agree with you. San Francisco will have a much better game plan for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. And you always, always have to be weary of a team that wins a game as easily as they did yesterday. In the 48-32 final score, it was not even anywhere near that close. Dallas had a couple garbage touchdowns. When they Which were... I didn't see because I, I, I turned off the game. Okay. I, I never saw those two, two touchdowns. And like I said, still... 
you lose by 16. Joke. And we didn't. We made a lot of fun about it on Friday, and we, we haven't talked about it at all today. But the streaming of the Kansas City Miami game on Peacock, and I can tell you that when I went to, you know, what sports book I, I go and play poker on uh, Saturday night, it was wall to wall in the sports book. Yeah. Okay, because everybody that did not have Peacock and wanted to watch the game were either at a bar that was carrying it or at your sports book and every seat in the sports book was filled and people were elbow deep behind the seats standing around watching watching the game so yeah. it, it, it just it's exactly what we predicted yeah. and we talked to jay cornegate here on friday the exact same thing hey you're gonna yeah. you know and we uh, mentioned that to chuck esposito last week as well too it's like hey you know chuck you're gonna have you know people lined up and we knew that was happening. Yeah, I just uh, and luckily for me, Marco, you know, I had dinner plans that night, and I was thinking, okay, I do I bring an iPad? Let me do this because you know the restaurant I was at, you know, they they didn't have it. You know, they they, they didn't have it up there. So how are we going to do this? And uh, luckily, you know, the the Chiefs and I had the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, they jumped out to that big lead. I said, oh, I can just rest, <laughs> have dinner. And, you know, I kept checking my phone. I said, oh, 19 to 7, 26 to 7. Beautiful. It's a great dinner. So I didn't have to worry about it. But, yeah, that was very frustrating. We talked about it all last week. And then the postscript story here is uh, yesterday we hear NBC just tooting their own horn saying it was the highest streaming game in history. Well, it's the only playoff streaming game in history, too. They're talking about how everybody was watching it. Well, you forced them to watch it, and how many of these people are going to cancel their subscription, or they'll probably forget to cancel their subscription, and they're going to get stuck paying for that garbage network, or whatever you want to call it. Peacock. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is it really a network if it's just a streaming service? I don't even know if it's a network. Hey, T. Yes, sir. NBC announced that the the game was the most streamed event in U.S. history. There it is. Not just game, event. Yes. Yeah. Comparis- com- comparable to what? I don't know. They had 23 million. O- they had an audience of 23 million people. So, I mean, yeah. that's. And, and what, and what uh, how many million would be they have if uh, the game was on regular broadcast television on NBC? I don't know. Especially, well, that, I mean, that's, on a, paper, that, that's a big game. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that, was the, that was one of the sexier matchups. Granted, Miami was decimated with injuries, but when you looked at that, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, you're going to have a Miami-Kansas City playoff game, you'd have been excited about that matchup. You know, that would have been, if it would have been a regular season game, which they did play in a regular season, yeah. but they played in Germany, that would have been a game that you would have thought would have been on Sunday night football or Monday night football. It was that kind of star power. Yep. I would love to see, we, we, nobody's going to talk about it. I want to see, a month from now, how many people canceled it after being one and done? You know, they paid their what was it five ninety nine a month, whatever, in to get that one game and say, you know, this isn't for me. But like you said, unfortunately, and that's how these companies survive that have recurring billing is people forget about it. It was emb- or it's a hassle to. It was to do. embarrassing. Okay, to watch how NBC was promoting this. We talked about Mike Trico the week before because he knew that, okay, a lot of people don't realize this. You know, witness history. You know, you get Peacock. If you're watching the Houston-Cleveland game and that game is over, 
All right. And then NBC, that game was supposed to be on NBC afterwards, the Kansas City Miami game. And on the screen, they have a QR code. It a big gigantic QR code in the bottom left of the screen. The top right, it's like only way you can watch this exclusively is on Peacock. Order now. And like you said, five ninety nine or whatever is a, a month. Or if you order for a year, fifty percent off tonight. It's like we're we're getting uh, some Ginsu knives here that we you know order this now. I've never seen in a pregame show and leading up to it, fifteen minutes to go with a countdown, ten minutes to go, and there's a QR code for you to order this game because that's the only way you can see it. It's embarrassing. You forgot one other step they did. They started the game. They gave you a little bit of the game. It's like the old days whenever, like, oh, you yeah, have yeah. direct TV. Yeah. Did you ever rent a movie? They'll show you, like, the yes. first three, four minutes they did of that. the movie. See, I was out the door. Okay. I, went to, I went to dinner. Okay. Unbelievable. Yeah. They, they did that, and then, you know, teased Sweet. you. With so you mean on NBC they started airing the game? Yes. No. They had, they had pregame, and there was, like, they had pre-game. Up, up to kickoff. No, they they. They went past that a little bit. No. They gave you 20 minutes. They gave you no. to the bottom of the no, hour. Because I think we had the Channel 3 News on. No, I don't think. No, they no. They gave you kickoff, or they gave you up until just at kickoff. Wow, really? Yeah. And so, just for reference, the Browns Texans on well, end. Five fifteen was kickoff. No, no. They said they had it on because I was going out and I had to try uh-huh. to find a game for Lori yeah. to, to watch the game. And I'll tell you how I got that off the air. But I did get her the game, okay? And oh, You uh, pulled a nunchuck. Okay, I, I got her the game. She watched the game. She was very happy because, you know, she's Taylor Swift and she's, you know, Travis uh, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah, she's in there waiting. Oh, please cut away to the suite. I want to see the 87 jacket. Oh, there she is. There she is. And wait another eight minutes. Oh, and there you, she is. You missed the best highlight of the whole game, though, because you were out. What? You missed. Her leading the entire stadium in the dance. You yes. had to see it on I saw Twitter. The, yeah, replay. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw, yeah. Just like, the highlights. I saw that. Yeah, that was her leading. You well, sure? she was in the. Yeah. She was in. They, Excuse me. You said that I missed the best highlight. Yeah. Did you see the pictures of my food? Did you see? <laughs> my, I had the best highlight, my friend. <laughs> I had the New York steak. Are you kidding me? With the soup. You had the wings. Oh, my, I, I, that's what I. The had, wings. The wings. The yeah. world famous. I had that going yeah. on. Introduced pistol Pete to that with the mashed potatoes and the French fries and the strawberry dessert. That was his first trip to to that restaurant. Yes, oh, I thought he'd been yes. in town before, and you no, took him there. No, we never went. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, T. Yeah. For, for reference, yes, the Browns Texan on NBC earlier in the day. Yeah, got twenty nine million. Okay, twenty nine million. So right? you're about the same. And that's the thing. But, that was a dog game in the middle exact, of the afternoon. Yeah. Okay, so you you wait for the you know the the game tonight and see what that's going to do, or you wait, you know uh, you know the game yesterday afternoon. That's what I'm saying. They're making a big deal about streaming. It's going that's a regular game. If it's on broadcast TV, I mean you get those numbers. So yeah, that it's skewed. All right, we come back. We'll uh, wrap things up here at the Westgate. Buffalo rolling over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the Buffalo looks like they will be uh, advancing. And then we've got the Eagles in Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll handicap that game for you coming up. And also, we'll give you the latest news on the NFL coach watch. Uh, no official hirings or firings as of yet today. But we'll tell you who is interviewing where as we continue on here on this magnificent holiday Monday. NFL playoffs. T.C. Bart, Marco D'Angelo right here inside the Westgate Las Vegas. The Superbook. 
<laughs> Logic and insanity mixed into a perfect prescription from the Dr. T.C. Martin. Here at the Westgate, Las Vegas, inside the Superbook, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo. If you any part of the show, go to the website, check everything out, tcmartinshow.com. Tomorrow, back in studio for a terrible Tuesday and some plenty of terrible Tuesday takes uh, coming your way. And uh, just be prepared for me to rant and r- tomorrow regarding what I witnessed Saturday afternoon at the Thomas and Mack Center. Oh, the way UNLV lost to Utah State. I didn't see it. I saw your tw- I saw your tweet on Saturday. Did not yeah. did not see the game. I didn't watch any of it, but uh, sounded pretty bad. Since you're here, I think I will just go ahead and tomorrow would almost be kind of a repeat because it it, it, w- it was so so upsetting. And I bring something up like that. I hate to you know tease it and all that kind of stuff, but it. it it's very relevant because we're two days later. UNLV's playing Utah State. Utah State is ranked 20th in the country. UNLV lost the game due to incompetence of the officials with two errant and horrendous calls. I am not one to rip on officials. I'm, I'm not, I, I hate playing that card. You never hear me say cons- conspiracy theory. Anything of that nature, because that wasn't the case. But what I really have a problem with, when officials either misuse their use of power or they just don't know the rules, don't apply the rules correctly, that's what infuriates me. That was exactly the case in this. Now, a lot of people do not really know the rule book, so to speak, that you're watching the game, all right? To really diagnose the rule book, you either have to, you know, be a coach, former coach, whatever, or a ref, or really know certain things. Because there are sometimes there are things that that happen in a game that are so rare, you question like, hmm, is that right? Is that wrong? Or whatever. And that happened in the game on Saturday. So to reset it for you, there's 31 seconds to go. And UNLV's led wire to wire. They had a double-digit lead, ready to pull the upset, and they really needed this victory because they come, they came off the New Mexico win, which was another great win. They were like a top twenty-five team at the time, so you got a chance to knock off two, you know, two top twenty teams back to back on your home floor. UNLV's up six. The sh- shot is put up by Utah State. They miss. Ball is. Goes out of bounds, and the referees signal Utah State basketball. UNLV players going, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. It's clearly went off a Utah State player, which it did. And our friend Pete Gillen, who's on the call, I was actually sitting kind of midcourt, front row, UNLV, Pete's over to right at midcourt, so I'm about 10, 15 feet, and I could actually even hear him and Carter Blackburn with that, with, you know, talking we're looking at you're seeing the UNLV players going no 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 it's it's our ball it's our ball so they go to the replay show the replay and then clearly they say they use the terminology it's clearly UNLV's basketball because it went off a Utah State player 
a five-minute review for this one play. Five minutes. And the officials come back and they go, Utah State basketball. Like, okay, how can you miss this? You can see that it went off a Utah State player. You can see the change of direction. Just a joke. So sure enough, what happens? Utah State inbounds the basketball, fires it to the corner, open three, kid hits it. Now it's a three-point game. All right? So now UNLV has the basketball, 27 seconds left. So Utah State fouls. Now it's a foul game. So Dedon Thomas gets fouled. He makes one and misses one. So now the lead is UNLV by four. Utah State comes down. Clock's winding down. Kid hits a three-pointer for Utah State. Goes through. And then referee blows the whistle and calls a foul away from the ball near the top of the key while Keelan Boone for UNLV is attempting to screen out a Utah State player. The Utah State player falls down. It was not a foul. No real contact at all. But this official, away from the ball, signals foul. Bucket counts, and now they signal that that Utah State player that was fouled, not the shooter, but the center, gets two free throws. That is the incorrect call. And you're shaking your head like you know what I'm talking about. And a lot of people know, and other people don't know. You can only have a maximum of one free throw off a made bucket. Okay? Two-point shot and one. The terminology is three points. Three-pointer, foul, four-point play. Can't have a five-point play. This is where people were, were getting confused. Is like, okay, well, it wasn't on the shooter. Two shots. The rule is this. That in that encompass of that play that it can only be, when you have a made shot, a maximum of one point for one free throw can be awarded, not two. The only case two, two free throws can be awarded if it's a dead ball foul after the play is complete or if it's a flagrant foul or a technical foul, then you would get you know, two free throws plus the ball. In that case, you could have a seven-point play on a max on a three, which we have seen. Happened before. So nobody questions this. Even I was talking to Pete Gillen afterwards. He goes, I didn't say anything on the air. I thought it was kind of weird, this, that. So I'm going ballistic, saying you know, this this is not right. Kevin Kruger didn't say nothing. No one, you know. So apparently a, a reporter asked, I guess, after the game and got a hold of one of the officials. And the official came back and said, well, no, it is a two-shot foul because once the ball was released – the ball is in the air, and then if there's a foul away from the ball, then it's two shots, and that is incorrect. So I went back, and I know what the rule is because we've never seen this situation before. It's always, okay, you one free throw. It's just common knowledge. I went back to the rule book when I got home, and it was right there, right there. You know, it's a maximum of one free throw. It does not matter if the ball is in the air or not. Okay, and here's the example that I'll use. When do you determine whether it's an and one or it's two shots? When do you determine that? If the bucket goes or not. Right. Okay. The completion of the play is once it goes through the hoop. Doesn't matter if it's in the air. Okay. Where? Okay. 
it's if it happens during the course the conclusion of the result of that basket or not and that's where that official was wrong totally wrong so therefore it's now five point play they go up by one UNLV inbounds the basketball Deion Thomas gets up a 15 footer rims out no good and UNLV loses by one where they should have been awarded one free throw and then UNLV gets the last shot tie game or it goes to overtime but that was an errant call it was a horrendous call going back to the you know going to replay and then making that wrong call but again not knowing the rules let me ask you this is if Kevin Kruger would have challenged could have protested could have protested that, that if, I, if that's me I'm, I'm saying okay wait, wait wait and the officials are not listening to what I'm saying or not granting a conversation right there to go to score table and say this game is under protest so that would have been after the fact though the protest the heat there's there's nothing in there where you can chat they can challenge and look at you know when the foul occurred on a replay that it did go after the you know you could look at that but if you have the officials that that think that the rule is if it's in the air you know what i'm saying but you could tell because the whistle went off before the ball went went through the hoop and it's like okay Okay, and first of all, it wasn't even a foul. Now, that's debatable. But, again, once it's complete and then a guy's getting a shoving match or something like that, or somebody's jostling, takes a shot at somebody while the ball is it okay, that's flagrant. You can only assess two shots. So this is the, the principle here. You can only assess two shots if it's a flagrant foul or a technical foul, which it wasn't. It was a common foul. Not good. Yeah, it, it, it's too bad that you lose a game, and especially when UNLV led for 39 minutes and 52 seconds. This happened with eight seconds to go. And for UNLV, and that's the thing, you know, we, you mentioned the game briefly on you know Friday because you said you were going to be there. That is a big game for UNLV because in the past, what we've ended up having is UNLV would have a big game and then generally the next game, they'd be flat. We've right. seen that yes. over the course of the years. And this was the first time that the New Mexico, like you said, was a big game that they got to win the other night. And then to come back and have an opportunity in your very next game on a telecast game, CBS is in town. Mm-hmm. They're bringing the, you know, Pete Gillen in to do, you know, to do the game. That was big for not only this season, but big for the program of trying to get yeah. UNLV back on the map. We talked about how they had to open, you know, with these five tough games. You know, you open against San Diego State, you lose that game, then you beat New Mexico, you you know, should have beat Utah State, you had the game there, and then now you gotta go on the road, you have to have these two home games, and you gotta go to Colorado State and Boise State. I mean that's tough. So now all of a sudden you're looking at it could they could be one and four in conference. When they very easily could have been two and two, riding that momentum, and yeah, it's tough. It was it was a, it was a heartbreaker. And again, I don't complain when it when it comes to stuff like wow, you know, you know, that's it. You know, it's like an inadvertent whistle or something like that or something like that. I mean, it's but this is even worse when you have replay and you don't utilize replay properly. I mean, how anybody can see, whether you're watching the game live, you're watching it on TV, clearly see that the ball is 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 off of Utah State. But if you're going to hang to that, 
well, we called Utah State, so we have to go, you know, Utah State ball, so it has to be clear and concise. Well, it was clear and concise. And, and, you know, so that was where it started. And then, you know, again, just, you know, being making a, a bad call. There was so much going on Saturday with the football games and everything else. Um, what was the crowd like? It, Thomas and Matt. They announced 5,000. Um, so, again, it was okay. It was decent. But, you know, for a game like that, you, you wish that it would be more. You know, but it was a 12 noon start. Uh, for me, I enjoyed it because then I, I got a chance to, you know, get home and see most of the the Texans uh, Cleveland game and that sort of thing. So I was kind of glad it wasn't at night. But they did it, you know, for, for television purposes and that sort of thing. Um, I do feel bad because I. Uh, uh, my girl Mickey Sudo was in town, or the world's greatest uh, female competitive eater, hot dog champion, eight years straight, and uh, she was in town at Bagel Mania uh, over on Convention Center, and I was supposed to uh, try to get over there to, but that was at eleven o'clock in the morning. Joey Chestnut was there. I mean, oh, it, everybody was there. Uh, my man George Shea did not make the trip, and um, so I didn't get a chance to go over there. Uh, and that was trying. It's just too much going on, but uh, pretty pretty cool. I understand they had a, a good time and a, and a great crowd over there. And was uh, I blame Nunchuck? Was supposed to have Mickey Sudo on uh, the show last week, but we got all. Don't be blaming me. <laughs> I got to blame somebody. Over no, under, my, totally many, my fault. Totally how many wings could she eat at Blue Ribbon? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's you know because it, those wings fill you up. They fill you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But whatever the whatever the number is. It, it, she would skyrocket over it. That's what she does. I don't think it matters. Do you I mean, think she holds so many records for so many different types of foods? Is there a record right now that you can think of that somebody has done so many at Blue Rib at that place? Well, they don't have those type of competitions. Well, I know they don't. But, have that. Uh, but you know, what's the most that the doctors ever thrown down? I've done a whole bucket, which is six, and I've gone for a second bucket, but I've never said, okay. See, here's the thing. When I get the bucket, like, by myself, okay, that's six, that, that's the end of it. And usually when I get multiple buckets, then it's like, it's a shareable thing, so I don't want to go too crazy. So, but if you put me in, in a situation like how many of those I, I, I could eat, I bet I could do 12 to 15 or 16 in one sitting. D'Angelo? I don't... <laughs> I never even so, thought about this before, but yeah, I just, you know... Yeah. I don't need as much as... In my younger days, I, I would easily be able to do the dozen and, and some. Remember, back... Those in, are big, though. They, they are. Say, and I get the drums. Those are bigger. And I get drums, too, guys. Remember, so the normal order is half flats and half drums, three and three. I they I always do the drums. See, I love the flats. Do you? If you, yeah, drums. If, if okay. you drums. gave me... Yeah. You give me the choice. I'm taking the flats all day. Okay, long. so when we go, which you know you're, you're buying, as as you well know, uh, do you want one bucket of flats and one of drums, or do you want to just do the traditional three and three of each? Well, it depends on what else. And that's just getting. the appetizer. Yeah, yeah, because okay. you know we're getting the steak afterwards. Yeah, the, I enjoyed the ribs the last time we were there. Ribs are good too. The yeah. Ribs are good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. The steak's good, but I, there's so many places around town that I can get steak. Yeah, I understand. Right. Okay. You're those right. are. I like to get unique items yes. from a place like that. So I would probably nix the steak, or especially you, if I was paying. The seafood but, is very good, too. Yeah, but see, you're not a seafood I know, person. but well, you. Yeah. 
you would like the seafood, yeah. like the Branzino, and they say it's. I don't eat it, but I, you know, I know. gone you're with people. Food, they love it. Food snob. No, not really food snob. I mean, I have tried to. Again, you're not remember, a true I, I've, I've tried a lot of things at that, at that place, but just in the shareables that we would get. So I've I've tried probably about eight, ten items. Well, pro- probably even more than that. But by it's, definition, you're not a true foodie, no. though, because there's too many things that you absolutely turn yeah, your nose off. I, I agree with you with that. Yeah, but I, I don't need to have a a T-shirt or a label, you know, that says I, I'm a foodie. But if it did, it'd have a brand logo on it and have like the official nfl logo foodie or something you know if nike would endorse it probably who knows or you know if there was a national food you know foodie network uh you know and, and have a logo right in the center of it or like in the or up in the side you know team captain like you know i don't know team captain like yeah you know where you have the patch you know in the i corner. know what you're meaning yeah that's that's what i'm saying i don't know Good question, though, Chuck. Maybe we should go, like, really starving and just see how many we get down. I've never even took that approach at Blue Ribbon. Shout-out to Johnny, everyone at Blue Ribbon. Uh, and, and you know who's the real shout-out to today, ladies and gentlemen? Shout-out to CBS for picking up the tab. <laughs> Thank you, CBS, because we put a hurting on them. We put a hurting on CBS. That bill was over three bills. Over three bills. So your streak's still alive. Still alive. <laughs> Are we closing in on Cal Ripken? <laughs> Consecutive meals with having. I think that's wallet. already been passed. No, I don't know about that, guys. I do. I do go to the wallet, you know, reluctantly at times, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's two things. I've I've heard of Bigfoot, and I've heard of your wallet. Hey, I haven't seen. Nubchuck, it sounds like I I'm on the. Uh, you know, the mule planner here, because Marco says, well, you know, since I'm buying, I'm not going to get steak. <laughs> I see parameters on here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. want to thank Marco for being here, of course, my friend. We'll uh, do it again on Friday. Right back here. I'll see you then. All right. Uh, put that Steeler shirt away. Told you you should have wore Buffalo. Because you know what it is. They're driving. Driving, make you back door to cover here. <laughs> For Nubchuck back in the studio, everyone here at the Westgate. We're back here Friday, back in studio tomorrow, terrible Tuesday, and a whole lot more coming your way 2 to 4 p.m. Have yourself a great evening. Enjoy the final game tonight of the playoffs, and we'll recap it all tomorrow.